You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Welcome to the Detroit Kool-Aid, everybody. This is Griff coming at you here on a Friday. It's been beautiful all week here in the state of Michigan. It looks like a little bit of summer's just trying to hang on before we go back into that cold snap once again. I'm here to brighten up your Friday, get you ready for the weekend, the beautiful weekend. supposed to be low 70s here. So once again, if you're at home, there's no football on, being it's the bye week for the Detroit Lions, feel free to watch another team. I know there's a little college football on Saturday. Hey, maybe you got to go outside and rake up some leaves because they are falling out of the trees. But uh, feel free, you know, maybe go for a walk. You know, just remember social distancing, you know, wear a mask if you head out. But it's such a beautiful weekend. Maybe the last beautiful one of the year. So please take advantage of it without the Lions playing on Sunday. You know, maybe you, you dig out the grill one last time, you know, grill up some steaks. That way you don't have to worry about, you know, st- you know, checking them, watching the game and stuff like that. Oh my gosh, it's supposed to be so beautiful. So once again, everybody, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. So like I mentioned before, it is the bye week and uh, a lot of things, you know, can happen during a bye week. Sometimes teams tend to get rid of coaches. That happens every once in a while. We all saw earlier the Texans did get rid of Bill O'Brien, putting him uh, putting him out there on the market, and all of a sudden his name's getting thrown around here for the Detroit Lions. But generally teams use it to just kind of take a step back, you know, you know, get a little healthy, you know, assess where they're at. Um, Justin Coleman will be eligible to come back after the bye week. And once again, we all know the Detroit backfield defensive backfield could use him so um getting him back will definitely be a help i know the team and the coaches are looking to see where they can improve what they need to improve on it might be something i talk about a little later here on this show what the team could improve on so i know you're all looking forward to that as well but uh it also gives the fans a kind of you know a chance to you know take a step back you know kind of reassess their fandom how they feel about the season especially coming off that uh, New Orleans loss. I'm sure Derek covered it, and I'm sure Derek you know, covered it for you, and, you know, talking about it on on the Wednesday show. So um, I just want to touch base on it. Once again, fast start, had a little bit of hope, and then, they, you know, I guess the Saints decide they want to show up and play and um, rattle off 35 unanswered points. 
it was just um, once again another tough one to watch. You know, he, you know, seeing that the Saints only had to punt one time in the whole game, that's pretty disheartening for this team, especially when you want them to do so well. You know, they came off the Cardinals win, you know, gave them some momentum. Me and Derek both picked them to win going into that last Sunday's game, and it was just very disappointing to see. So. Once again, with the bye week, I'm going to reassess my fandoms, kind of take stock of what the rest of the season, what I really expect out of them. And I know in our game picks, you know, throughout the rest of the year, me and Derek will be taking that into account. I think I had them at 11-5, and five, and I'm, I'm pretty much doubting that right now. Um, I, looking at the schedule right here, I, I, after the bye week, yeah, there, there seems to be some spots where you could pencil in a W. But right now, um, it, you know, every game seems to be tough for Detroit. They seem to be struggling here and there. But bye week's up. Once again, relax. You know, you have a cold one. You know, watch, watch some other football. You know, pay attention to your fantasy team if you do that. Just uh, gives you a week off, you know, from, uh, you know, getting nerved up from watching the Detroit Lions. So, uh, everybody, have a good weekend without watching the Lions. And, uh, you know, you know. Just, uh, just it's football. Just enjoy the rest of the season and the other teams playing this week. Uh, one thing I did want to do, as everybody knows, I like to do this at certain points of the season. First, the first quarter of the season is done. The lines are sitting at one and three, and I generally like to hand out my grades. Uh, I'm not going to go player by player. I'm probably do that later, you know, at some point you know, at the end of the year. But uh, right now, I'm just going to go by by position group. Um, I think when I did my previews earlier and I matched them up against the other teams in the division, you know, where each position group ranked, um, I thought the Lions would be a little better at certain areas. Um, some spots I kind of get, you know, I thought this is where they would be, but I'm, I'm kind of disappointed after the first four games uh, at, at some of these position groups, um, as sure I'm, as all of you are. But um, once again, I mean, there's probably some positives coming out of it as well. Uh, I know Derek tends to, you know, state some PFF numbers, and there's certain players having good years here and there. I mean, offensive line Taylor Decker, I don't like to tout him. I still think he's completely average. But um, as De- as Derek has stated before, he is having a good year. I think uh, PFF had him rated like the sixth best offensive tackle so far this year. That number maybe have changed a little bit after the New Orleans game. Uh, I'm not quite for sure, but once again, you know me, I still think Taylor Decker's not that great, but uh, I mean, it's it's nice to see that he has improved, but he's still not that great, so well, let's do this, let's start on the offensive side of the ball, and I'll start with the quarterback position, you know, Matt Stafford, um, I know there's been times he's just, you know, looked, you know, kind of like him the old self, you know, some deep balls that he's thrown, been on the money, but there's been some other passes where he just looks out of sync, missing guys. I don't know if that's because of him missing last year and not as many off-season workouts and practices and training camp this year. But still, there's sometimes he's just missing wide-open wide receivers, overthrowing guys. Maybe some of his passes, he's he's lost a little bit of touch. It always Early in his career, he always seemed to just be looking to gun the ball no matter how far the wide receiver running back was away from him. He didn't have as much touch, but the last few years he seemed to have found that some, but he seemed not to have that nearly as much as he did last year. Um, some of his decision-making, I know we can all, you know, you know, point back to the interception he threw against Chicago, the interception he threw against New Orleans in the end zone when he tried to hit TJ Hawkinson, you know, it kind of leaves you, you know, scratching your head. There's a few other ones where the defense has dropped the ball that, you know, that's hit him in the hands. But still, I mean, there, there's points where he does kind of look like the, his old self, the um, 
against the Chicago game, leaning him back down. We all know Swift, you know, hit the ball. The ball hits Swift right in the hands. He catches that, falls in the end zone. We win that game. But once again, there, there's points where he just looks out of sync. So this year with, you know, the quarterback position, so far at the quarter pool, I'm going to give Matt Stafford a C. I don't think he has that swag like he used to have. I just don't know if he's just a little run down, a little tired. He just seems a little bit out of sync. But, you know, right now he, I think he's playing pretty average. So I'm going to give him a C. Uh, the running back position, you know, everything's Adrian Peterson, uh, on Johnson, and Swift. This position group's kind of boggling my mind right now. It It seems like... You know, they really want to focus on Peterson, and he'll have a great game. You know, last game against the Saints, I believe he had 11 carries for like 36 yards, something like that. He averaged somewhere around three yards a carry, which, you know, as we all know in the pro game, ain't that great. But still, Carrion Johnson hasn't done a whole lot. DeAndre Swift shows flashes here. And I, I, just, I don't get it at points. Carrion does a pretty good job picking up blitzes. Peterson runs hard. I still think he runs better with a fullback in front of him, and it seems like they're not doing that nearly as much, just trying to get the three, three wide receiver sets out there. And Swift, there's games he has, you know, he's on the field for six plays, and it seems like he played a little more last game against the Saints. But still, this run game isn't where we expected it to be with the signing of Adrian Peterson, with a healthy carry on Johnson, with taking DeAndre Swift in the second round, we thought, this run game would be better than what it has been. Right now, I'm going to give them probably about a C minus. I know some people might think it's a little more because what Adrian Peterson has done, but still, I mean, it hasn't. He has his hit or miss games. I mean, he looked great the first game against Chicago, and then there's other games like last week against the Saints. I mean, I mean, the Saints have a pretty good run defense, but still, you know, averaging three yards a carry. That's really hit or miss, up or down. I'm going to go with a C minus for the for the running back position right now. Uh, wide receiver group. I'm going to include the tight ends on this one as well. Um, it's another group that seems to have a lot of talent there. Um, the, the the core definitely improved with Galladay coming back. They do look a little better at times, but still there's there's, there's times other they have had some drops and. Um, it, it seems like they've been just been haven't been on the same page on some of the routes with Matt Stafford. Once again, I don't know if that's because of the lack of offseason workouts, or if they're you know just just a little out of sync. Um, but overall, I still probably think this is obviously the best position group on the offense so far, talent-wise, and I think they've produced a little more. I'm going to probably go with something a little higher and say maybe a B minus. Um, Galladay's obviously produced. Marvin Jones hasn't really done a lot yet. Um, you know, Amendola, you know, he, he's pretty much that wily veteran doing what he does. Hawkinson has shown flashes here and there. It seemed like against New Orleans, they tried to force feed him the ball a little more. Jesse James was there for the, the Cardinals game. And once again, he's on the run again and nobody's seen him. The outlaw is out of town. He high, hightailed it out of town into the sunset. Hasn't been seen since. But still, with the rest of the talent on this album, with who's produced what, I'm going to give these guys a B- so far. Offensive line, as I mentioned before, Taylor Decker's having a good year. I know, Derek, you can point to that, and you can say, see, Mike, he's great. He's, um, it's a good thing we signed him when we did. It's four games into the season. 
I'm, you know, he's, you know, maybe he is producing a little better, but he's still completely average to me. He's still Jeff Backus to me. Jeff Backus had stretches where he did the exact same thing, where he would have really good games and then he would just kind of fall off again. He, he's just average, and Taylor Decker's the same to me. The uh, Ragnow, there's points where he's just looks so dominant, and obviously probably could be the staple of this offensive line. That obviously the rock to hold everything together right there at the center. Um, I think he has more ups than downs at, during the game so far this year, and he's looked really good to me. The rest of offensive line's been a little hit or miss. Uh, Jonah Jackson at points, he has shown that you know why he's a rookie, he does get beat on some stuff here and there on stunts. He's been um, you know tricked a little bit here and there, and uh, at other times, he, it's just that he's a rookie. I understand that. Um, let's see, they've had Crosby out at right tackle playing. Um, Crosby, that guy that we thought would hope at some point would progress into be a good swing tackle, somebody could play, maybe even take over for Rick Wagner when they released him. I don't think that guy's shown very much at all. He's shown exactly what you know he is. He's I don't even think he's average. I mean, saying that he's not that great—that's that even not that great. Throwing the word "great" in there is is even an overstatement. He's terrible. You know, he's another guy. He gets beat a lot. He needs help. Need a lot of help out there. Um, they bumped Hal Vitae down to guard after Joe Dahl got hurt. Um, maybe it's. Uh, I think he's played okay so far. I, I realize it's only been a couple games, so I'm not going to say, well, they overpaid him, you know, something like that. It's only been a couple games, so I'm going to give him kind of more of an incomplete grade. But overall, during the year, the offensive line, they've been decent at points, but, you know, against the Saints, they didn't look that great. And it's one of those things that I'm just hoping they gel and maybe they get Joe Dahl back so they can put Vitae out at right tackle, what they were looking to do, and they can go from there. But right now with the offensive line where they're at, I mean, there's points where the Lions are throwing up numbers and the running backs are finding, you know, some holes and some gaps. I'm just going to give these guys a C right now. And and I'm hoping they progress a little more. But there's points where they look good, and there's points where it's still where it seems to be like Stafford's part of a, uh, you know, he just comes under pressure way too quickly. So let's see for the offensive line. On the defensive line, um, let's go to the defensive line. This one I'm going to give, I'm, I think I'm being generous by giving them a D. They haven't stopped the run. Uh, Danny Shelton has a flash here and there. Nick Williams boasting how they wanted to flip the script here in Detroit. That guy's done absolutely nothing. I realize he was hurt one game. Trey Flowers shows up here and there. He has a splash play every now and again. Um, still, I don't think he's you know making that money in that contract he wants. The other end, Aquara and Aquara and you know whoever they put out there. Aquara, you know Romeo Aquara had I think he had a sack in in in, in the Cardinals and he had a pressure against the Saints where Drew Brees was able to shake it off and throw for a first down. You know, other than that, it just seems like there's nothing out of that defensive line. I mean, it seems they're really struggling to stop the run. I don't know if there's, you know, gap sound or whatever, but they seem to be getting pushed around an awful lot on that defensive line. Once again, I think a D, you know, some people may even, like, think that's even too high for them, but that's what I'm going with right now. The linebacking core... Here's another thing that's been very disappointing. Uh, Jamie Collins looked the first game. We all know what happened there. Um, you know, second game, he just seemed to be out of sorts. He didn't seem like he was trying. Third game against the Cardinals, he seemed to have a bounce-back game. Looked really, really good. Last game, 
once again, completely average. I didn't know he was even on the field. Um, I, I don't know. You see the snap count that they have going, and you know Reggie Ragland's playing an awful lot. He's another one of those big, slow, oafish linebackers that Matt Patricia likes. Christian Jones, he's you know he's out there doing the, doing what he does, whatever that is, stopping the run, doing nothing else. Jalen Devise, slow. These have to be some of the slowest linebackers I've seen in Detroit in a number of years. They're always two or three steps behind the guys they're supposed to be covering. They're just slow. And and I realize this is the Detroit Kool-Aid, and I'm supposed to be peppy, but we all we realize that this is just a slow linebacker core. They're not that great. They're not that good. They're terrible. So I'm giving these guys just a flat-out F. And um, for failure, this, this linebacking core is not good. They're supposed to be a strength of the team, and, and they're not. Um, defensive backfield, um, we know there were some injuries after the first game with uh, Trufant and Coleman. Uh, Awari has been out there. Okuda, Okuda played, you know, not that great his first game, but did have a bounce back game against the Cardinals. Didn't seem to have too many snaps out there against the Saints. Um, the safeties-wise, um, Walker hasn't been getting a whole lot of play, but, you know, he's been getting beat by tight ends, but he has made – and he seems to make a play here and there. He's been really hit or miss. Harmon, I think Harmon is. He's he's out there, you know, saying that he needs to step up. But I think Harmon's actually been playing pretty good. Probably the best one in that whole defensive backfield so far this year. I think that's just him trying to take more of a leader role, saying I need to step up. And other guys look in the mirror and say, hey, you know, we think he's playing good. But if he's not playing as good as he thinks he can, we obviously need to play better as well. So uh, Harmon's been playing well. Harris, the guy's been, you know, Will Harris, I don't know what he's doing out there on the field. He's been getting beat. He's been missing tackles, taking poor angles. He He's not developing quite like, you know, Derek and I hoped he would. Jeez, it's, it's even, to, to give these guys a grade, I mean, it's hard to say. They, they get, they're just getting beat all the time. I mean, they're in zone coverages and man coverages. I mean, I really want to try to give him a C minus, but I can't even see that. I mean, this defense as a whole is not good. I would have to go a D plus for the defensive backfield. It's just a porous defense. Um, they're they're just, not, just not that great. Um, well, let's go special teams. I know Derek doesn't like to talk about them, but Dom Muleback, Matt Prater, and was it Fox, Jeff Fox, you know, Jack Fox, Jim Fox. You know, I can't remember the guy's name. But these guys are getting an A plus plus. They're all doing their jobs. They're all doing really well. They're obviously the all pros of the team. And, I mean, they are. They're the bright spot of the team. Matt Prater coming in, you know, with his field goals. Fox flipping the field, booming those pumps. And, as we all know, Don Muleback, you know, he's, you know, death taxes and Don Muleback doing what he does. So, I'm giving uh, giving those guys an A, the special teams guys right there. So, um, there's my team grades at the quarter poll. Once again, hoping all those do improve and uh, that the special teams continue to do what they do. Um, feel free, if you disagree with any of my grades, hit me up on Twitter at, at GrifkaDKC. That's at G-R-I-F-K-A-D-K-C. Um, I would love to, you know, touch base with you guys and see what you guys think about my grades. And uh, go from there. Or feel free to call in to the number or text at 989-272-3484. Once again, 989-272-3484. Uh, we all know what time it is. It's uh, time to take a pause for the cause and pay some bills. I'll be right back after this and uh, and touch base with the last thing I want to talk about. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Detroit Kool-Aid. Once again, it's Friday, and this is Griffka coming to you. Um, once again, if you like what you hear, hit subscribe. You know, you know, tell your friends. Give us a listen. Um, our podcast, mine and Derek's, and working at it, and it's, it's slowly growing. And uh, Derek's doing a you know great job. You know, getting on the pub out there. And um, you know, he has the other podcast, his Believe in Lines podcast with uh, Benny Blades. Give that a listen. It's really enjoyable to listen to and listen to Benny Blades talk and break down lines as well. But, uh, you know, if you like us, you know, give us a rating. Any little bit can help. And uh, once again, you know, hit subscribe. You know, uh, we're here to talk lines with you guys. I, I know I've been a little down today, but uh, I'm trying to brighten you guys' mood up just here a little bit as well. But uh, what I want to talk about here is I know everybody's been kind of asking for it. Before the Cardinals game, Derek went on a little rant. Um, and actually, it's kind of one of the worst rants I ever heard him say about the Lions. Guys, usually I always tease him. He's like... He's like kind of Joey Blue Skies. He's like sunshines and lollipops, you know. Everything's, you know, great no matter what's going on. He can always look at the uh, – find the silver lining with this team. And he just kind of had enough for the Cardinals game. And I was like, wow, you know, I just kind of sat back and listened to him. And because all the Lions fans have heard me that listen to the podcast have heard me say that before. My biggest beef with this team is – I guess I kind of want to do that now is like – I just talked about how bad the defense was. My biggest thing – I want to rant about, and I know Derek was in his corner before, and I really liked it when he was hired. The only thing I really worried about, as I did mention it, was like, you know, it seems like nobody off the Bill Belichick coaching tree ever pans out. That was my biggest worry. And right now my rant is, like, Matt Patricia, buddy. I mean, I got it. I mean, you're you're a smart guy, you know, no rocket science, everything like that. But... Like, kind of what are you thinking when you say, when I got here, we had a lot of work to do? I mean, the team was 9-7. and seven. Yeah, it didn't fit the mold you were looking at. You know, they barely missed out on the playoffs. But they, you know, they were in the playoffs, you know, a couple other times before that. I know Derek preaches about, you know, Caldwell was, you know, the Detroit Lions country club mentality. Players were a little softer. They really liked him. He was the quote-unquote players coach. And, you know, Patricia comes in here and says, you know, I don't like that. I mean, come on, man. How did you really think it was all that bad? I mean, what have you you changed it, dude? You tore it down and, and built this team in your image. How much more work do you have to do? I mean, really, your linebackers are slow. I covered that. You you chased off some talent. The people that you didn't like in the locker room, Dig Slay, that you know didn't agree with you. I mean, Glover Quinn, he was another guy didn't like the way you worked, and so you chased him off and. It, 
come on, I got it. You 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 want to be? You're the head coach. You're supposed to be the guy everybody looks to. You're the guy everybody minds to. Nobody should undermine you. But still, I mean, you got to stop being so rigid here, man. Your te- your defense is terrible, and this is on you. And to say like, oh, we came in here, we we had a lot of work to do. Had a lot of work to do. No, you didn't. Do you say that when you go into a golden? I can see you saying that when you go into a golden corral. Oh, there's a lot of work to do here. Come on, man. Give me a break. There's not a lot of work to do. You took this team and you completely destroyed it. I mean, this is one of those teams where the, whoever comes in, maybe the, maybe the Fords give you the rest of the year. Maybe they take everything into account, you know, what happened this offseason. I just read a article where people were like, the, the, the writer, the author was like, Detroit fans just need to relax. They just need to relax. You know, it was a it was a tough first part of the year. Did anybody expect them to be better than two and two? You know, they did. They had fewer off season workouts because of COVID. Okay, well, first of all, every team had off season fewer off season workouts because of COVID. But come on, man, that that's not an excuse. That's not a reason. I mean, these guys are professional athletes. You have to change. You have to you have you have to go with it. you have to go with it. Every other team did. Yes, some teams are having less than positive seasons. Some of those teams that we thought would be terrible are terrible. Some teams are like kind of surprising, like wow, this team's doing a little better than I thought it would. But everybody had that. And then the point of did anybody expect them to be better than two and two? Come that right there is okay. So maybe you picked them to beat the Cardinals, and maybe you picked them to beat the Brown the Bears, and there's your two wins. But it's the way this team is playing that makes it unpalatable. And that falls on the coach. I mean, the defense was utterly shredded by Green Bay and New Orleans. It was shredded. Yep, they applied some pressure and got in Kyler Murray's face, in his head, caused some turnovers, and they pulled out a W. They let Mitch Trubisky, Mitch, you know, come back in, in the fourth quarter. I was like, well, you know, they lost Trufant, they lost Coleman, all those injuries, you know. I don't care. I mean, Matt Patricia's whole thing is next man up, do your job, blah, 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 dagger time, whatever it is. This, it's his defense. His defense is terrible. There wasn't a whole lot of work to do here. That's on you, coach. That's completely on you. So to say that, I think this team is in your image now. It is exactly what you want. You you and Corey Unlean. It's like, oh, Corey Unlean, I want my defensive backs to guard more. It'll help our pass rush. They're not going to be out there for seven, eight seconds trying to cover these guys. This pass rush needs to be better. And it was either you didn't want to address it, but you and Bob Quinn are on the same page. But Trey Flowers isn't getting it done. Romeo Quara, Julian Quara, they're not getting it done. And once again, I'm not bashing on Quara. It's only been a few games. I got it. You know, everybody thought maybe Deshaun Hand would come back and do like he did earlier. But I mean, he has his hit or misses, but still. No pass rush. Your linebackers are slow, and you're not stopping the run. Coach, this this team is in your image. It is. It's exactly what you want. So I don't know what else you're looking for. You're grabbing all these old Patriots that know your system. The way Rod Marinelli did, he went on and grabbed a bunch of old Buccaneers because they knew the Tampa 2. And that was terrible as well. Sorry, Coach, they got you figured out. They have you figured out is what it is. So what you need to do in this bye week is figure out what where what you are doing wrong. You know, not your players. Everybody's like, well, they don't. You know, they don't go out there and guard. They don't go out there and cover. They don't go out there and do this. It doesn't matter. You're the coach. You got to put the best players on the field. You got to put them in the position to do it. 
That's what you need to do. And right now, it seems like you got a team that is, is deftoned, you're talking, and they're just there to get their paycheck. They're showing up at the pay window on Tuesday, grabbing their checks. And they don't want to hear you, Matt Patricia. I think you've lost this team. That's what it is. They just seem so lifeless. Just as soon as the tide really started to turn against New Orleans, where they couldn't stop New Orleans, heads were hung down on the sideline. You know, they were just, they seemed out of it. They seemed lost. You know, I, I saw Derek posted a tweet the other day about how Matt, Petri- or, um, Matt Stafford just doesn't seem to have that swagger anymore. I, I don't know if he's tired of the coach. I don't know what it is. If he's just, he's kind of had enough. I don't know if it's the back injuries. You know, you know, you know his family. What? I, I don't know. But, you know, Coach Patricia, that's for you to get your team up and fired up for this. Not this, oh, well, they're pros. They should just be able to get going. No. This team looks down, and they don't want to listen to you anymore. So you got to figure that out right there. But on the bright side, I know everybody wants to hear, uh, you know, how I would look to pick this up. Everybody's like, well, because I know Derek's like, what would you do? Would you just go fire somebody, sign a bunch of free agents, draft? Well, they do have a few guys that they can still build around. I mean, they obviously re-signed Taylor Decker. He's not my favorite guy by any stretch of the imagination, but you got him now. Fine, you have your average left tackle. Fine, use him. Frank Ragnall showing that he can be a guy as well. That's another guy you can look to build around. Kenny Galladay, it's once again, it's one of those things where he's showing he, he deserves the money. It it's ultimately depends on how much you're willing to pay the guy. I like the guy. He could be the number one guy here. I mean, Derek thinks he's top 15. I think he's going to get paid. I've said it before, he's going to get 17 mil north. And I, I think the Lions should sign him. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm not saying, you know, you're giving the guy 25 mil. I ain't saying that. But I I think you do what you can to get that guy here and really build around him. Since I wouldn't bring back Amendola. I wouldn't bring back Marvin Jones. You know, Cephas is going to, you know, take you over for Amendola. So those are your two wide receivers you start to build around. Obviously, Hawkinson, hopefully he continues to improve. He shows flashes here and there, but that's another guy you can build around as well. Your backfield, um, DeAndre Swift. Had a nice touchdown catch against New Orleans. Um, had a nice, you know, scoot up the sideline against the uh, Cardinals. Um, once again, we all know he should have caught the pass against the Bears, but still, that's a guy you can build around as well and maybe keep carry on as your as your number two back. You know, Peterson's obviously, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of tread left down the tires. He looks good here and there, but you're not building around him. On the defensive side of the ball, you got Trey Flowers. I mean, you paid the guy, you, you you got to hope he, he does a little more than that. He's got to have more than seven sacks in a year. You know, that's what he's getting paid for. You know, and it's everybody's like, well, that's not the position he plays. Then why'd you give that guy back that much money? You know, and, you know, and Derek yells at me. It's like, well, it's the stats, but still, you got to build around the guy. That's the guy you got to build around. And, and hopefully, he, you know, he, you know, he becomes that boisterous leader, you know, kind of, you know, getting everybody pumped up to go. He's got to look at himself in the mirror, and he's got to be the guy to do that. So that's the guy you got to build around right there, right, right there. Um, Julian Aquara, once again, it's early in his career. I'm hoping that guy really, uh, you know, pans out. You know, turns out to be something a little special. No, I'm not saying he's Reggie White or Lawrence Taylor or anybody like that. But you know, maybe maybe he does turn into a Robert Porsche or Tracy Scroggins for all you old Lions fans out there. Maybe he can become that, and I would I would really like that for him for that to happen. That linebacking core, I'd scrap the whole thing. See you later. There ain't nobody on that linebacking core. I mean, I really like Jalen Reeves-Maven, but he's obviously getting 
you know, wilted away in that defense. Maybe he can go somewhere else and, you know, change the scenery will improve him. Once again, I'm not calling him any, I mean, he's not Greg Lloyd. He's not Kevin Green. He's, he, he's not anybody like that, but still, you know, maybe somewhere else he, he could flourish a little bit. But that whole linebacking core, you scrap them. They're gone. There ain't no, nobody there I'm looking to build around. Defensive backfield, Jeff Okuda, I'm, I'm still going to you know ride with that guy. I still think he can be good. I still think he can be damn good. You know, just you know, he, he's a rookie, and it's it's very hard to you know change you know from college to pro game. Uh, Tracy Walker, I know he's had his ups and downs this year. I, I don't know. He's starting. If he progresses, I hope he progresses into a little more. I don't think he's he's not Ronnie Lott to me. You know, he's not Mel Blunt or anybody like that. But hopefully he can improve. I just don't want him to become Lou Delmas, the guy that can lay some hits and he, you know, he's either jabbering at the guy he tackled, you know, 40 yards downfield or four yards in the backfield. But I do believe Tracy Walker can be key, can become a key cog of this defense as well. And you know, Owarie, I would I would still use that guy. I I think he can be you know he can you know turn into something as well, be a number a good number two cornerback. Um, on a team, I, I don't see him as a lockdown top flight guy. You know, he's obviously not reminding everybody, uh, anybody of Dre Bly or, or Darius Slayer or anything like that right now. But I, I think he he could become somebody, you know, he could become like a Ray Crockett on this team. Once again, for all you Lions fans, maybe old school, you know, maybe you'd like a Ray Crockett or somebody like that. So those are the three guys in the defensive backfield that I, you could build around as well. And obviously you keep Fox the punter. I mean, he's there. I mean, and Don Muleback, obviously he's going to be there forever as well. Once again, I'm just joking about Don Muleback. Obviously, he's he's almost done as well. But uh, still, there are a few bright spots on this team. And if it's Matt Patricia, if you can find it, you know, to turn this turn this thing around, or if it's a new coach, there's not there's not a complete scrap heap left here. This whole team isn't a dumpster fire. There's some good players here. They're just I just don't think the coaching's getting the most out of them right now. And either. You know, Sheila Ford Hamp needs to make the decision, you know, at some point in the year, you know, we're, we'll let this ride out through the end of the year and see where it's at. Or, you know, they decide at some point we'll, you know, get rid of Matt Patricia and let, you know, either Daryl Bevel or somebody else be the interim head coach for the time. That's the decision she na- needs to make. But I think this team is in Matt Patricia's eye. You know, he says a lot more work, but I think you got what you wanted. No pass rush, slow linebackers, and you're expecting your defensive backfield to do everything, and there's no way they can cover for eight or nine seconds. That's on you, coach. You have some good players right now, and you're pretty much wasting them away. So I- I'm sorry I was a little more down this week. I tried to you know pump it up there at the end. You know I'm trying to drink it in with some of the players, and I'm going to enjoy this weekend, and there's some players on this lines I'm going to continue to watch. I named them off, you know. You know, like I said, Swift and Kerryon Johnson, Okuda, Warrior, you know, Tracy Walker, you know, got to hope Trey Flowers, you know, does a little more. Hawkinson continues to pan out. Ragnow and Decker, you know, please, you know, please resign Kenny Galladay. Quintus Cephas, you know, he, he, he uh, takes over for Danny Amendola. There are some good guys here, guys you can build around. You know, put this team in the right direction. But Patricia, it's on you, dude. That's all there is to it. So, uh, once again, I appreciate everybody listening. Enjoy the weekend. It's you know probably might be the last nice weekend here in Detroit. And uh, as always, you know, drink it in, man. Go Lions.
drink it in, man.